0: As Dana mentioned, we are in a sermon series on one anothering, and we did turn it into a verb last week. And we talked about one anothering. Are we one anothering well? And that word, uh, one another, in scripture, in the original language, is one word, and it's alelon. And that alelone is has mutuality, reciprocity to it. So it's it's not about there's not a power imbalance that the uh, the power brokers have to put up with the 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 underlings or the underlings have to tolerate the 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 higher ups or something like that. There's a mutuality to it. So we all one another with each other. It's a back and forth, mutual, recipro- reciprocal kind of relationship that, the, that we're talking about when we talk about one anothering. In last week, we talked about loving one another. And this week, we're going to talk about bearing with one another. And our scripture passage today comes from Ephesians chapter 4, the first six verses. The words will be on the screen or you may follow along in your Bible online or the actual physical book, however you read your scripture. And this is a letter. And this is basically the middle of the letter. So, hear God's word from Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. As I just mentioned, this is this section I just read is part of a letter, and the letter is attributed to the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church, the new church in Ephesus. So we call it the letter to the Ephesians, and it's a church that Paul himself planted a couple of years prior. And these are Gentile churches converts so it's a it's they're gentiles which is so if you're not familiar with that term there's jews there's jewish people who are religious who've been religious their whole lives and have been raised around this religious upbringing and then there's everyone else you're either jew or you're everyone else gentiles so like most of us would be the gentiles because we're Many of us are not Jewish people raised in the Jewish faith, right? So, um, you know, there's the Jews and the Gentiles and the Gentiles who've come, the people who've come to Jesus, they're the Gentiles. So in scripture, when you read Gentiles, they're the, the people who weren't raised in the church, raised in the faith, who have come to faith, and now they're following Jesus. So this is what the letter to the Ephesians is, the letter to the Jewish, the Christian community in Ephesus. Now, this letter is a letter of encouragement, and Paul, there are other letters in the Bible that are like smackdown letters, like the letter to the Corinthians. The people are behaving badly, and so Paul writes them in Corinthians and tells them, you know, stop doing this, start doing that, don't be acting out of order, and he calls them out. But in Ephesians, this is a letter of encouragement. And that's what we have going on here. So this, he's encouraging the followers of Jesus, so it's not try harder, try better. It's rather, this is what one anothering well looks like. Let me set you up for success, baby Christian church that I love, near and dear to my heart because I planted you. This is the tone of Ephesians. So Paul encourages... In verse 1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So, again, it's not a earn it, pull your weight, you know, you know, measure up. Rather, Paul is communicating you are now followers of Jesus. You have a new family. You have a new identity. You have a new coat of arms, so to speak. And this is what it means to look and act and live like your new family, like 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 a follower of Jesus. And then he goes on to list fruit of the spirit kinds of things: be humble, be gentle, be patient. This is how um, the world would. This is this is how the world will see Jesus through you. This is how you're. We sometimes you hear people say. Um, I think it was Teresa of Avila said, um, you're the only hands and feet of Jesus people will ever see. Um, they, people will see Jesus through you. And, um, and then he goes on to say, bearing with one another in love, verse 2. And this bearing with word, it's not like um, encourage and stand alongside it's not a friendly friendship word. It's a tough word. It's, it's a word the synonyms are endure, put up with, tolerate, indulge. It's a word that requires some amount of sacrifice. It's not an easy thing that Paul is encouraging the Ephesian believers to do bear with one another, put up with each other, tolerate one another in love. So it connotes sacrifice. It's not easy. You Gentiles are now on the same team with the Jews, the insiders and the outsiders. It was all segregated before and separate and the us's and the them's and the these peoples and the those peoples. Well, guess what? Now you're all on the same team. We did this last week when we highlighted the words. How many times is the word one noted there? Seven times. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. We are a united body United people one family on equal footing and you gotta think the people in the church are like whoa 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 wait a minute we're on the equal footing we're on the same team now we're on the same family are you kidding me have you seen them look at what they eat look how they dress we're the same I don't think so have you seen how they raise their kids are you kidding me look how they act have you heard how they talk yeah we're not the same and the apostle paul is saying they are your family we are family we are all followers of jesus now we have the same identity we are one In Christ, those people are your people. We are all the same people. Bear with them. Do that hard work. Bear with one another. Tolerate, endure, indulge one another. And do so, not only do that hard work, not only do it, but do it patiently and lovingly, and humbly, and gently, and peacefully. This is what it means to be the church, Ephesian believers who I adore near and dear to my heart. This is what it means to look like the family of God, to look like Jesus. This is what Jesus would do if if Jesus were with you, walking alongside you. You I'll get your WWJD bracelets out. You can put them on. This is what Jesus would do. Jesus would be bearing with one another. He'd be bearing with you, let me tell you. For Jews and Gentiles, people from Conflicting faith backgrounds and difficult cultures thrown together and declared family to bear with one another? Well, that was a tall order. And it hasn't gotten much easier. Today, the church continues to struggle, to bear with one another, don't we? Too often, rather than humbling ourselves, being patient and lovingly bearing with, instead, instead, what do we do? Instead, we elevate ourselves or cast judgment or prioritize our own comfort and perspectives and preferences over others. We like what we like. We want what we want. We conduct ourselves in ways that bear no resemblance to what Ephesians 4 says. No resemblance to the way Christ would engage people. When our privilege is threatened, we marginalize one another. If we don't like what we hear, we silence one another. When our power is questioned, we create policy to protect it. What do you do? What do you do when you find it difficult to bear with one another? What's your coping mechanism? Watchman Nee is a Chinese Christian convert, someone I very much enjoy reading. And in his book, Sit, Walk, Stand, he writes this uh, about this particular passage. Watch Mini says, the body of Christ is not something remote and unreal. So the body of Christ, it's sort of like Christianese. We talk about the body of Christ. We refer to the bread of communion as the body of Christ. And we refer to people as the body of Christ. And like regular people walking around this, on the street and you know, talk about the body of Christ. Like what does that even mean? So the body of Christ, you know, us here, the family of God. I think this is lingo, right? Watchman, he says the body of Christ is not something remote and unreal. It is very present and practical. Y'all right here, sitting in your chairs. Finding the real test of our conduct in our relations with each other. People in the church. For while it is true, we are heavenly people, of you to eternity, it is no use just to talk of a distant heaven. In other words, it's no use to just talk about salvation, make sure our salvation is secure, and check it off the list, and then live however we want. That's not what we're about. That's not what Christ calls us to. Unless, watch says, unless we bring heavenliness into our dwellings, our offices, our shops and kitchens and practice it there, it will be without meaning. How we one another This side of heaven, right now, right here, today, at Creston Church, after church, when you're around the dinner table or wherever you are, how we one another, this side of heaven, matters. Whether we bear with one another matters. Do you make room for other people and their opinions and their preferences and their ways of doing things that are different from yours? Do you allow for new and diverse opinions? Are you willing to create space for those who God brings into your purview? People God calls family. Thankfully, God calls all of us to bear with one another. And so the church persists. There's hope. The brand new Ephesian church doesn't have to one another alone. It's not a sink or swim situation. First, They have each other. As I said earlier, there is a reciprocity to the one anothering. One person isn't always putting up with the other person. There comes a time when the tables will turn and the tables do turn. We put up with each other and we have each other. And not only... Do the Ephesian Christians have each other? They have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working among and around and through them. They have one Spirit, and it's the same Spirit moving through all of them. The mysterious Holy Spirit that's on the move and working without their complete understanding of when and how and where, but a certainty of this is happening. There is one spirit, the same spirit that worked and moved and in and with through Jesus Christ is working in and with and around and through their community and in each of them. They have each other. They have the Holy Spirit. And they have a unified mission. One hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. They are on the same page. One God of all, over all, in all, and through all. And this is beyond their ability to grasp. So when they are at rock bottom and, and, and just don't even know what to do with each other anymore, God is at work restoring and renewing and empowering and enabling and, re- and allowing for relationships to grow and restore and heal. They don't do this alone. Our text today encourages the Ephesians to bear with one another in love and they can do this even when it's difficult because God is bearing with them. Over them, through them, in them, always. And God is bearing with us. Today we witnessed Sophia Grace's baptism. In our faith tradition, as I mentioned, baptisms are a sacrament, and sacraments are observed in the context of the church community. Sophia's baptism wasn't a private Lawrence family affair. It was part of our public worship service here today. Many guests who love Sophia including her family members, grandparents on both sides, came to the church today to join the celebration, and that's just like total bonus for us. One of the paragraphs that I read from the form that, um, that Joel and Amanda and I prepared together read, sacraments are not private events. They are public held in the company of the community of believers as a means to nurture and encourage all of our faith. Sophia's baptism wasn't just for Sophia. It's for all of us. And when we were doing the baptism, James commented, Sophia grace Lawrence. And... I mentioned, it will come up in the sermon, because when we baptize, we don't often include the family name to highlight that Sophia's the baptism, is in this family. To emphasize that she is, like, we are part of God's family, all of us. And so the family name, she is born into the Lawrence family but we are baptized into God's family. When we are when we we are all part of this family. So that's why she didn't she wasn't that's why I didn't say the Lawrence name. So. When I baptized Sophia, I baptized Sophia in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And her baptismal identity is my baptismal identity and your baptismal identity. We are all part of the same family. Sophia's my people. She's your people. We all belong to each other. It doesn't matter how old you are when you're baptized when you're, whether you were an infant or two and a half or an adult. I was 15 when I was baptized. Or in what church you were baptized, Baptist, Mennonite, Protestant Reformed, Catholic, CRC, to name a few, in our family here. Whether you were sprinkled or dunked, there is one baptism uniting all in Christ we are one people in this world together pursuing the Christian faith together united by God's Spirit together in the name of Jesus together there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. When Jesus Christ came, Jesus had the long game in mind. And when Jesus journeyed to the cross, he collected people along the way. And then he went beyond to prepare a place that we might someday go and be with him where he is. And meanwhile, Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit, Empowers us to bear with one another, His family, together on this journey, the family of God. Let's pray. Loving God, you encourage us, you invite us, and you lead us into the work of the church, bearing with one another in love. We thank you, and we need you. Help us. We don't do this well, we often fail. And so we need you. Give us what we need. Flood us with your love so that we can indeed bear with one another in love, Lord. We are your church. May we be well together this side of heaven that others may see your church and want to be part of that and join us and live the good life according to the overflowing love and grace and mercy you have for people. Help us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.